So I'm delighted this afternoon to be with Alex, Alex Slagerman. Alex from SaveTheHighStreet.org was at a commercial summit in March, early March. And uh, what one of the most impressive panelists I've had, uh, I could see the uh, interest levels when Alex was on, on the panel and people wanted more and more time with Alex. I've got 15 minutes now. Um, and maybe at some other point in the future, we can bring Alex back again if, if you're open for it. Alex, it's completely changed since March the 7th. People were talking about coronavirus or early March, but it's completely different with the lockdown now. It's mm. a different picture for retail as well. So what, what have you noticed and what can retailers do? Because there's lots of stories about... Uh, the big, big chains, not just the small independents, but it's also the likes of Debenhams, uh, which is one of the names that, which has been mentioned in the last uh, week or two. Um, I think Kath Kidson's been mentioned as well. Um, and there's a host of other names. I think Warehouse, Carphone Warehouse, believe it or not. Well, I say I'm, I'm surprised, but maybe you're not. So uh, literally what, what can be done in terms of the retail is a changing picture. So, I mean, at say the high street.org, we've been talking a lot about this being the most transformational period in the history of the high streets for the last three years. But actually, in the last two months, you know, that got taken up a level and, you know, completely redefined our expectations about the level of disruption that was possible in this market. And, you know, the reality is that, you know, coronavirus is here and, the reaction to that um, is not straightforward. And the reality is that every single business needs a new plan. Uh, now, governments outlined the, you know, the largest financial stimulus package in the history of high streets. And you know, I don't need to go through the details of that here unless you'd like me to. But in addition to that, there needs to be work done by every individual business to get themselves through this. And so, one of the things that we did straight away and probably around the same time as your event as it was kicking off because it was through March we were working on this uh, we started studying what can be done on what we call the coronavirus era high street and so we brought together a research group uh, dozens of businesses and industry experts to look at what are the individual ideas that businesses can put in place to make sure they protect and adapt their business and get through coronavirus era high street and set themselves up for success both now and for the future uh, and i'll just give you maybe a quick summary of that brendan if it's useful so um, there's six key what we call goals that businesses need to be working on the first is around um, cutting costs so they need to protect their business they really need to look at all of the costs in their business and this goes across the board so every business we're supporting we're looking at their utilities bills and their payments bills and you know all the sort of core variable costs in their business and the fixed costs in their business and looking at the different ways that they can kind of cut costs out of their business some of the big areas in costs are around the team uh, the premise and the property themselves um, and their suppliers um, and maybe we'll touch on a little later on that landlord-tenant relationship because it's something we've been really close to. It's incredibly sensitive at the moment. Mm. The second area is around um, what can you do as a business to start selling through new channels in new ways? So regardless of your business, whether you're in the essential category and you're actually quite busy or whether you've closed your business and you haven't, you're not open for service at all, you need to start to look at how do I set myself up to sell through lots of different types of channels, 
through third-party marketplaces, through your own e-commerce, setting up even a simple payment gateway, social commerce, so taking payments in social media, even simply taking payments via email and a PayPal link. Yeah, so you need to start taking payments from your customers in new ways, and then you need to be able to fulfill that uh, um, demand from your customers in new ways as well. Work around local delivery, working with courier networks around the UK, uh, a lot of work to support businesses and setting themselves up for click and collect and different ways of maybe offering uh, reserved spots to come in and you know use a service or test the service out uh, and even setting businesses up to offer things like virtual gigs and virtual events um, that can either be free or paid for the third area is around how do you market your business during lockdown uh, and I'm not going to go through the ins and outs of this today unless you want me to, Brendan, but there's lots of things that businesses can still do to not just engage their existing customers, which is core. You need to be reaching out and engaging existing customers through email and social media at the very least, but also to attract new customers, particularly if you're setting up new ways of selling to them. The fourth area um, I'd sort of shine a light on is around how do you as a business collaborate better with your community? Uh, and for us, this works at two levels. One is around your business locally. So how do you work well with your local champion, your local council, you know, any, all the other local businesses nearby to do everything from setting up care packages for the vulnerable uh, to collaborating, to promoting your high street better, um, to really being there for your local community because they'll remember that and be there for you on the other side as well. Uh, but also it's about collaborating as a sector. Uh, so we're working with a lot of the trade associations to look at, you know, what is the plan for the, uh, the convenience stores of the future in this period? What's the plan for bike shops, cafes, all types of businesses in the future? How do you work better with your sector stakeholders to ensure you get there? The fifth area we focus on, the fifth goal is around um, planning for the future. Um, and there's a lot of things that businesses can be doing now to set themselves up as the social distancing restrictions get lifted um, and even prepare for the other side. And this is everything from making sure you've got the right data to understand, you know, am I in a position right now where I should be thinking about pivoting my business to capitalize on opportunities now or even opportunities on the other side? Um, so some of the really interesting stuff we're looking at with some businesses is, you know, is this more than just adapting your business? And actually, is it about saying, I now want to serve a completely different market or I want to bring new products and services to light that I want to prepare for for the other side, or potentially offer my services through new business models. So exploring this with quite a few retailers, how can you start maybe looking at subscription type business models? So preparing for the future now is another key goal for high street businesses to be successful. And then I said the final key goal that we're working through at the moment with a lot of the high street is around financing. And there's a lot of talk about Civil, uh, which is the you know the, the coronavirus business interruption loan scheme, but you know there's actually a number of different ways that a high street business can finance their business. Um, so it's important to at least understand and assess all of those, whether you're crowdfunding in your community to raise equity, or whether you're looking at you know asset financing in some ways um, to actually make sure that you have the runway you need to get through this period, or the funds you need to be able to grow now and for the future. Uh, Alex, in terms of the retail high street landlord relationship, that's what yeah. is really apparent to me, the tension there. 
particularly the larger tenants rather than the independent tenants you know th this was a reaction i heard three weeks ago on a monday morning session three or four weeks ago from uh, ranjan and anil uh, i don't think you've met anil to be fair but anil mahanil um, and larger retailers not paying their rent um, there, there, there's a definite tension there I, I know you're not on you can't answer for the larger retailers but what can be done to help the landlords in that particular um, spectrum it's uh, honestly this is one of the most sensitive areas in the whole whole challenge we're looking at here you know particularly for for organizations like us that work represent on the the, the property sector side on the owner side on the the occupier side you know we've, we've, we've got these sort of dual relationships going on uh, but i think there's a third party involved that needs to play a really important role in ensuring sort of long-term sustainability of what's going on here uh, and that's the lender that's the banks so you know in a lot of these situations it's a tripartite negotiation that's going on uh, particularly with some of the larger tenants and some of the larger landlords as well you know we've got um a very sensitive situation where it's very clear that you know run um revenues dropped off a cliff you know and that the tenant is not in a position uh, to pay you know the end of last quarter's rent and likely most of this quarter's rent that's that's the reality and everyone knows that but then the challenge is on the other side why is it just expected that the landlord can pick up this slack particularly if you know they're in a certain relationship with their lender you know uh, where they're, they're they've got their hands tied so i think what's going on here and, and we're looking at this from a couple of sides one very practically on the ground a lot of businesses are coming to us who aren't represented at the moment going what should I do in terms of my conversations with my landlords at the moment? You know, how do I approach this? Um, and you know, we're exploring different ways of how we can support high street businesses to be better represented in those conversations and that they can come to a fair deal with their landlord. So we're looking very practically at this in a case by case basis, but I'm also in conversations with various government um, departments. So, uh, HCLG is one that uh, is obviously very close to this, uh, but Department of Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy is another one um, that I'm speaking to regularly about this as well. And I think the reality is we've got a, quite a systemic problem here that needs to be addressed. It's not just about case by case. Is there a fair deal to be had for now in terms of shifting that commercial model between individual landlords and tenants? We need to find a way to bring the banks, bring the lenders into this as a better support network for the landlords. Um, because you know, if the tenants can't pay the landlords, that's understandable. But that doesn't mean that the landlords need to pick up all the slack. Okay, so look, you, you mentioned some government organizations as well. So what role do they have? What role do they play? You say that it's a freeway with the lender, the landlord and the tenant. Um, you know, of course, there's legal action which can be taken or maybe not taken now because it's during the corona period. I think, don't quote me, but I think it's a three-month grace. Um, but what what can government organisations do, the, the government departments you mentioned? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, if you look at what's happened, I mean, it's the largest package of support anyone's ever seen. It's completely unprecedented. I mean, that word's been massively overused, clearly, <laughs> in the last couple of, because it is the reality. 
Um, I mean, the the uh, the spring budget, which happened quite soon after your event, I think, was just like nothing anyone had ever seen before. And then within a week, they had been doubled down on, and there was huge amount of support, huge amount of money being thrown around to the high street. So the first thing is there's a massive amount of fiscal type support that's available, as a massive amount of funding that's available that can be targeted in certain places. So as an example, um, this Monday just gone. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but you know many people may be watching this or aware of this, that there's been a, a new package of support that's been released and uh, Department of Business, as I mentioned, very close to this, because a lot of it is around innovation funding. Um, so Innovate UK has been thrown on a lot of money, um, which means that you know they're basically trying to kickstart and stimulate innovation in the economy, uh, support startups in making sure they get funded. So there's there's match funding available if you're a startup that's raised over £250,000, you're UK-based, and you can raise equity. Um, the government the, will the case, the, the, Alex, the, the, match fund you, match fund the investments. So there's a lot of money. That, that, that's, that sounds great, but th there's always caveats. Um, is one of the caveats that you have to have a premises or, or not? Uh, for this particular financing, you have to have raised £250,000 already. Yeah, so you have to be sort of off to the races. Sure. You need to then have investors lined up to invest on what they call a convertible note, which is a, a kind of loan to equity instrument. Yeah, and those investors need to commit to at least £125,000, yeah, of which the government will then match it. And you can raise up to £5 million. You know, so there will be some conditions. It's still sort of playing out. This is quite a specific example of new funding available. But what I'd like to see, and I'm, I'm, I've noticed this a little bit, that maybe we need to get a bit more of a voice for the property sector, a bit more of a voice for the independent landlord in a lobbying conversation. Uh, and uh, some of the landlords I've been speaking to, you know, off the record, have spoken to me and said, you know what, we need to have more lobbying power in this conversation. There's a lot of people who are out there targeting Rishi and all the stakeholders and influencers around to get more support for their sector, uh, which is right and, and understood. And you know, the, there's a lot of sectors that have received different levels of support, different parts of the economy. Uh, but I think there's something that's going on here which feels really dangerous, like a real sort of house of cards type situation going on with the fact that you know, restaurants, clubs, retailers, a lot of high street businesses, they're not going to be in a position to just suddenly come out the other side in the next few weeks and be able to pay rents as they were before. The commercial models are going to need to evolve. We're going to need to look more towards risk reward sharing between landlords and tenants, you know, performance based rents, which are carefully understood. We're going to need to look towards new ways of partnership between landlords and tenants. And in doing this and easing this process, I think we're going to need government support. Alex, I just want to say a massive thanks for today. How can people reach out to you? Well, I think first things, I mean, anybody watching this, I mean, if you go to savethehighstreet.org, um, you know, and you, uh, if you join the, join the movement or register for the newsletter, we'll be in touch every week. You'll hear updates about what we're up to. Uh, or follow us on social media, savethehighstreet.org on all the usual social channels. Um, there's an email address on the site as well. Um, if you sort of drop a line if you want to get in touch with me directly. Uh, alternatively, I'm on LinkedIn, Alex Schlagman, that's S-C-H-L-A-G-M-A-N. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, happy to explore anything in terms of 
this general area and how we can make us make sure it's a successful future high street with successful landlords, developers, investors and uh, operators. Alex, just a massive thanks once again and thank you to our listeners as well. Thank you.